0: All right, cool. Why don't you start by uh, introducing yourself? Tell people who you um, are, what you do, how many kids right. you got, marriage, all that jazz.
1: Uh, my name is uh, George Bell. I'm originally from um, Steubenville, Ohio. I joined the military when I was 19, back in 98. So from there, I moved from Ohio to North Carolina, where I where I spent most of my career. I did like three years in Germany. Um, so I retired from the military. I did like 20 years and some change. Once I got done with that, I started working for a company called Philcraft Survival up in uh, Prescott, Arizona. So I moved from um, Fayetteville, North Carolina, all the to Prescott, Arizona. Once I retired back in uh, December 2018, and uh, I'm running. I'm the the chief of operations here, slash vice president, slash this, slash that. It's a small, veteran-owned company, so we got we wear many hats. Uh, so currently, I have uh, two daughters from a previous marriage, 12 and six. And then I have a uh, son that's 17 months old from my, uh, I, I got remarried and currently been remarried for about a couple years now. Cool. That's, uh, that's kind of where I'm at right now.
0: Thank you. Just got my drink. Oh yeah. Uh, what branch were you in?
1: I was in the army. Uh, my job was uh psychological operations. I did, uh, my, my whole career was that. And uh, it was- Torturing people? What's that? Uh, no, Torture? I
0: mean- What's psychological operations?
1: So we're more of like, um, we provide like, a, we're a voice of the commander or whoever we're supporting the battlefield. So we do a ri- wide variety of uh, like dissemination of uh, information. So whether whatever of our messages we try to persuade or we're try to change the behavior of our target audience to make them do what our, uh, our overall SOP objective is. So if it's, you know, go out and vote, we do a, a, a series of products that will, you know, make people go vote. So it's billboards, TV stations, newspapers, radio, anything. That's the there. Yeah, this isn't within military. the military. Yep. Okay. So, uh, so this isn't, then,
0: you're not creating content that goes out to the public. It's staying strictly within the branches. Yeah, so. we work
1: with DOD and then, you know, depending on what uh element we're working with, we'll have different um, approval chains. So where if you're working at an embassy, the approval for the products is going to be the ambassador but at the same time you have to run it up your uh your like commander side of it so they know what's going on so they can brief it and, so and track c- it. civilian
0: talk civilian talk that's marketing and communication
1: so yeah basically it's it's marketing and advertising on it sounds so much more it.
0: cooler the way you say it
1: yeah <laughs> so uh but yeah i mean when it comes down to it it's just it's just marketing and advertising and uh just trying to change people's behaviors and try to get them to do what you want to do
0: and you came. You went straight to school. Yeah,
1: I went. I did a year. So I, I uh, graduated high school. I did a year of college. I went to a uh, high northern university. I Had uh, very big dreams of becoming a pharmacist, which didn't really work out well. I did a year of that, and just didn't wasn't for me. And then I enlisted in the military, and then I just did twenty years.
0: So uh, did you? flunk I was, did you flunk one of those core core classes. It was a lot. It
1: was, it was like I, I wish I could say I had a. Like, I partied and you know, I didn't care, mm-hmm. but I just didn't have that work ethic that's the study ethics in high school to carry on to college. And right. when you have like biology, anatomy, calculus, uh, chemistry, Those aren't one, yeah. It was way, all way over my head. But the funny thing was, I got it, got, I got an A in all my pharmacy classes, so go figure.
0: Oh, really? Yeah, so I had a lot of <laughs> friends that for some reason were going into the pharmacy segment um, when I was at WBU. And same thing happened to them so i guess in that program like you don't have the option to retake certain core classes that you fail and they would you know they just couldn't do it their freshman year either either talent yeah. or, or what or they just party too hard and uh, so they had to switch majors oh wow yeah it, I I got lucky. Tough
1: yeah i was lucky i got like right into the pharmacy college i know some colleges you have to do like a couple of years of uh, pre-pharmacy and then you get in but uh this one i got straight in and i just kind of i i was over my head and I shouldn't have done it, but hey, you live and you
0: learn. It happens. Yeah, I think it all worked out well. Oh yeah,
1: sure did. I can't.
0: So you did, you did one year in school, and then were you recruited, what, off off, uh, off campus to, to go in? Yeah, so
1: um, after call after my first year, I went back home for the summer. Um, and I figured I was like, I need to figure out what I want to do. So I did like a, a summer class. And I was just like, I'm just not feeling this. I want to work. I want to make money. I want to travel. I want to do something different so i just called the recruiter up went down and then started the process of getting in and uh uh I, I got in at the, at the end of uh 2008 yeah 2008 so and oh. the rest is history
0: wait 2008 i think it was no 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 no, I no. sorry years if it's 1998 i'm
1: terrible with, okay uh, with Matt. 1998
0: <laughs> that makes way more sense
1: i feel like i I tell my wife sometimes i'm like i can't remember like my late 20s early 30s i just have to like really like find a date and then pick pieces and put it together like to where i was
0: i I struggle with my kids names sometimes
1: (laughs) i do the same thing
0: (laughs) much less birth dates yeah (laughs) Uh, where's i going with that um how did you grow up? Did you have both parents in the house? Yeah, I had
1: both parents in the house. Um, my dad uh, was blue collar. He was uh, in, the, in the local 809 laborers union. My mom, she's a uh, nurse's aide. She works at a hospital. She works uh, for hospice care. So she loves her job, man. She It's like she's an angel, what we call her, because it's just like she takes care of these people like with the utmost respect and just so nice to them. The families love her. And-
0: this is a tough field
1: yeah it's very tough and she just has this like personality that just like eases everybody and just makes everybody feel good so it's just like it's nice and then i have a, a younger brother he's two years younger than me i'm 41 um and he's two years younger than me so yeah we kind of up. everyone in the same house there was no
0: were they on military uh decision
1: no i uh what's that
0: were they on board with the military decision
1: um yeah, I, yeah, they were because they Dropping really, I mean, my, my dad didn't want me living at home and I really wanted to do something with my life. So they were all, all for it. They were proud. So, and then once 9 uh, 11 happened and everyone got like nervous. So, I mean, it was obviously they're going to worry about their son. So,
0: oh, yeah, because you went in, I guess that would have been what, your fourth year? Yeah, so pretty much. Yep. Yeah. Is that the reason you re-uptimated the, the career?
1: Um, no, not necessarily. I think I was just at the point where I, when I when it came to my my reenlistment time, I just was at a point where I was um, wanted more. I wanted to see what what was out there, so I reenlisted for like another four years, and then another six, and then you like reen um indefinitely on like your last sign up. So I did that and I just kept, I liked what I was doing every time I was going places, getting uh, put, in, put into like different roles and responsibilities that I liked and I traveled everywhere. So I just I just kept with it, you know, grinded it out.
0: So I don't know if this this uh, falls into you, but I, I've noticed there's a lot of uh, similarities with military In military is obviously huge. There's lots of people, so there's different. It seems like a lot of young guys are going to the military. They A, get married right away, I'm not quite sure what causes that. A lot of divorce as well, and probably this quick. And then a lot of stupid financial decisions. Uh, yeah. So, like, you give young kids a bunch of money, and then they just do crazy stupid with it. Yeah. And, and in my so, opinion, so that, does that happen to you?
1: Yeah. In my, in my opinion, you see it a lot. I mean, you see a lot of young guys come in, you know, they're, they're away from home. This may be their first time ever out of their hometown. You know, they're getting money and they got a bank account set up, so they go get a car payment. And then they go down and they get like the worst interest rate. They get like a 30% interest rate and, or they get a loan for like new wheels and rims or tires and stuff. And just make very piss poor decisions financially. And then I think the part of like people getting married too young. I just think sometimes uh, the military gets a little boring sometimes. So, you know, you want to have that partner or that girlfriend and then, a lot of times uh, people get married to get the uh, extra money you get. So when you get married, you get a uh, basic housing allowance and you get a basic, and then you get like a uh, food for like your, your incidentals, like your groceries and stuff like that. So, and that's your- Oh, basic. So they, give you a little,
0: they give you a little extra
1: then. Yeah, you get like, I think you get anywhere from, depending on where you're at, it goes by your zip code. Uh, you can get up to like seventeen hundred dollars a month for housing, and then I think the the rate for it's called BAS. It's like basic allowance for I forget the S, but um, it's like two hundred fifty bucks, three hundred dollars. So you're getting like this extra money on top of your pay. So yeah, I mean that's like yeah. So I think a lot of people get married for that reason, and then for the divorce rate, I mean it, it's kind of you look at our deployment rate, and then. I know back in the mid 2000s, you had the, the surge and you had guys in Iraq for 22 months straight. I mean, yeah, you get your mid-tour leave, which is like 14 that's, days. That's so that's going to stress your relationship out. And then just the, the training cycle sometimes, um, just it's nonstop. So a lot of times, a lot of the, time, lot of the uh, you're not home and absent from uh, the, the wife and, you know, stuff happens and.
0: I yeah, see that, plus when, you, when your foundation is, uh, you know, you it just to get a little extra money. Oh yeah. It's not, you know, it's not genuine,
1: like you don't, you really really have to learn that person, like their little ins and outs, or what makes them tick, and. Yeah.
0: And I'm assuming as, as soon as you get it, in the military, you know? yeah, you're not home. Oh, right, well, that makes sense. Yeah, I've, I've, I've noticed like, you go to a base, that strip right outside the entrance of the base is just like nothing but entrapment financially. It's just all the, Hell, a yeah. thing you can, like, right outside the base. Yep, that
1: was funny. Yes, it is, and it's like cheap, and it's like high price. Hey, it's terrible.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh. When did you get married? I guess the first time around.
1: So my first time I got married, I was. I mean, I. Was, I think I was twenty, twenty-one. I was real young. Um. I got married. So you were in- one of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was Got married in two thousand one, or no two thousand and then uh we we stayed together for about 15 years and then then we ended up getting divorced oh that's um, a long relationship oh yeah. I mean, yeah but the funny thing about it is like in the military we were so um up and down with our deployment so it was like a lot of times you didn't see that person or if i was gone so we spent a lot of time apart um
0: well, i guess because yeah, you were wartime yeah, I was. Yeah, I mean, as soon as I
1: basically got in, like two years later, nine eleven happened and then boom, I was it was basically nonstop other than training missions and then uh, just down or downtime we had so. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Two kids with that marriage, right?
1: Yeah, I had two daughters with with uh, my first wife and then um got divorced like 2015 and then did the whole you know single thing dated here and there had had a girlfriend um you know did the whole dating site stuff and uh finally uh found uh found someone that's like kind of we just hit it off like first date i mean after the first date i deleted the apps and just said hey let's just let's, let's do this again next week and then uh it just every weekend we just got together and then it just blossomed into a sweet relationship and we got married it was great it was we we're both yeah we're both a little older I mean I'm in my I'm 41 she's in her late 30s so we're, let's just to get married I mean it was just you know I'm getting ready to retire we're moving you know I just we knew it was the right time and I mean I don't need anyone's permission anymore so I'm a grown-ass man so you know I, I just <laughs> married her and that's what we did so
0: so I, ne- I never dated in the app world I just, you know, when I you know, I was a teenager when I got married yeah. anyway, but uh, there just weren't apps. That's the first time I've heard somebody say, delete all the apps. I made it serious.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> I never, I never thought about that before. It
1: was the, like, honestly, <laughs> like a different world. when I uh, got divorced and became single, it was a whole new world. You know what I mean? It was, I, you know, it was, everything like was, you know, it was crazy. And then I was at a point where I was like, well, like, what do I do now? And then my buddy was like, get on the, this app here. And. Oh uh, you'll you'll be cool, man. Just go have fun. And I did that and it was it was the weird that it, it's a weird culture, the uh dating o- online dating.
0: Yeah. The yeah,
1: it was ridiculous. most of the time just ridiculous.
0: Hmm. How old were your kids in twenty fifteen? Uh that was my uh my oldest
1: was I think Seven or eight at the time, and then my youngest was probably two, maybe two, two and a half. I think. Right. Remember, so It's right? so very two young.
0: Two-year-old probably, two probably doesn't affect us. A seven or eight-year-old knows what's going on with mom. And dad, oh yeah, and definitely. That's got a, uh, you know, that's, so the best thing so about my divorce, to handle that and try and keep it.
1: So, the best thing about my divorce, we stay like. We fit good friends like we're still friends to this day like there's no animosity yeah we might have our little uh disagreements here every once in a while on certain things but um, we try to keep it as mutual uh friendly as possible we don't discuss anything in front of the kids so once we decided to get the divorce uh it you know we talked to i i talked to my oldest daughter i explained her what was going on and you know I, I think you know at the beginning it was kind of strange for her to like Think about like why, why is it mom and dad together anymore? And you know, I've never treated my kids to where I hid anything from them. I don't talk to my kids like uh, like like a kid. I talk to them like a grown up, like a grown up that. But I I communicate to them in a way they can understand it. But I'm not using like right
0: age appropriate. Like yeah, I'm
1: using age appropriate terms so they understand like this is serious, but it's nothing to worry about. We're still together, um, as in co-parenting. It's like not them the truth. Yeah. So and I made sure like. At the beginning I made sure that I visited him like all like when we did a week on, week off, and we didn't do any like custody, we didn't do any child support. It was everything we wanted to do. We didn't want the courts involved telling me that I have to pay this certain amount for my child when it just didn't doesn't make sense for when me and my ex talked about it. So we decided to do it on our own and we did week on, week off. And but during the week that I didn't have them, um, I always make sure I stopped by, hung out with him, you know, for 30 minutes hung out, ate dinner sometimes and it's made it to feel like, hey, mommy and daddy might not be married anymore, but we're still here, we're still working together and you know, making it the best we can. So
0: and how it. was her I guess how was her acceptance of that? Did it take her a while to kind of adjust to it?
1: I think at the beginning it was kind of weird because she was going they were going back and forth to the house every week. But I think at the end they just it became a normal like way of life because Nothing really changed. The only thing that changed is Mommy and Daddy wasn't weren't living together anymore, but the love, the like we know, I have a thing every Friday night. I try to keep it Friday pizza and movie night, you know. They get to pick the pizza, they get to pick the movie and then we just have like a nice family thing. So I made sure like I kept special moments throughout the week and then when I had them, I made sure like things were special and that they would remember that stuff. So nothing's like really negative during that time. That's good.
0: So, so this will be a tough question in the sense that you've obviously remarried, love your wife and have another daughter. Um, so I, it, it's probably gonna be a tough answer or it's a weird question to ask, but I'm still curious. So you're in a good relationship with your ex-wife, like things are amicable. Yeah. Why was there a fraction in that relationship? Why why didn't uh, that one stay together? So,
1: you know, we were together 15 years. A lot of the times, you know, I think, I want to say, I mean, just, I think due to the military and, and the fact that we got married young, um, you know, we just get, get, didn't get along sometimes. So it was like, sometimes it's a roller coaster and then, uh, and then in the end, basically when your wife tells you that she's a lesbian, there's nothing you can really do about it. You know what I mean? So her feelings changed and, you know, things change and, and that's what happened. And uh, like, I'll be honest with you, like when it first, when it first happened, I mean, you know, it crushed me. It was like, what the hell? What Like, did I miss something here? And, and I just put like all this like negativity on myself and like, was, like what, what happened? What did I do? Did I say something? Did I do something? And, um, But in the end, once I started processing it, I would talk to like, I would go to uh, our behavioral health on base, and I would talk to them and explain what's going on. And, you know, through all the work and discussion, I kind of was like, you know what? This was kind of the best thing that ever happened to us, to be honest with you. Like the last five years were hit or miss. And, you know, once I just start looking back on it, little things came up. I'm like, oh, okay. I see. I see. And then then we just talked about it. We talked. Uh, we had a good talk for about three or four hours of talking about the situation and just worked it out. I mean, I, I, I try not to like live in the past. I try not to like hold grudges because all that's going to do is like get my anxiety worked up, get my depression back. You no, know, sure. I, I don't want to. I don't want to think about that shit. I want to be able to move on, move forward, stop moving. Never stop moving forward and just, you know, hey, it didn't work out high five, let's, you know, let's make it better here on out. So, you know, it worked out for the best. So,
0: so I guess that's two big adjustments for your kids then, because they have to deal oh, with yeah. parents separating them from a, a gay parent. <laughs>
1: so. Yeah, big time. Yeah, it was, it was different. Guess, but
0: I, is, that, is, that, is that mostly your wife kind of talking her through that one or were you involved yeah, in that as yeah, well? Yeah,
1: I, I definitely was hands off on that one. It's really, um, it's none of my business, what they do in their relationship and how they run it on their side um her uh her wife right now is amazing with the kids like she takes care of the kids like like it's the she's like she birthed them you know what i mean it's like it's a it's great it's it's nice the discipline and just getting stuff considering done.
0: the circumstances it's probably the best you can hope for
1: oh yeah definitely i mean i i you know i hate playing like the what if game but it was like if it was like another guy that she left me for or something like that honestly it'd be a totally different ball game yeah and i don't know why that is it's just the way that i am i guess i don't know
0: i think most men would feel the same way yeah yeah. so so there's a lot of stigma um and obviously you did it because that was going to be my follow-up question there did you go to any counts i know the military's got a lot of support in that stuff at the same time a lot of guys just like to shy away from that stuff because it's unmanly. they should be able to deal with it Uh,
1: well i look at like just i'm not like i could be like at the beginning of my career in the mid of my career i was always like oh i'm not gonna i don't need to talk to anybody i'm not gonna like, why? None, none's going to change. None's going to happen. And then once I started deploying and coming back and getting into these rules, more responsibility, I looked up and I looked up and I'm like, you know what? I have to take care of myself because if I can't take care of myself, I can't take care of my family. I can't take care of my teammates. So I made sure that I started going to, you know, I when I was in Germany, I started going to counseling. And then uh, when I got back and then all this, the divorce happened, I didn't go to counseling for that because. I didn't have time at the begin at the uh, beginning of it because I was deploying to Germany for uh, for another mission um, but once I got to Germany I went and saw someone at behavioral health and just talked every once in a while just to get stuff off my chest really I really didn't I really wasn't asking for any advice because I kind of knew like what I needed to do but I just wanted to vent and then get to some
0: you know, just talk back and forth yeah just
1: want to get off my chest that's all
0: so and uh, I'm assuming you would recommend that to other people as well. Oh, yeah i i
1: tell you what, i go into like talking to somebody like behavioral health or mental health honestly helped me out with so much stuff in my life like just decision making like working out feelings that i had and and then if, if even if i wasn't feeling bad i'd still go and just talk about like what i was doing in my life and just things like that so it's like and that person's not going to sit there and judge you they're not going to sit there and, and like tell anybody what you said so Having that trust—it's right. all about trust. If I'm sharing my feelings, I have to trust someone in order to do that. So, um, and by having that outlet, I, have, like, great, great,
0: um, I make sure that I take advantage of
1: that.
0: So, cool. um, so, are yeah. your kids? You're in Arizona now. Uh, yeah. I guess where, are your kids Arizona? So
1: my—I um, have my son is here with me, and then um, my two daughters. They're in uh, Saint Augustine, Florida, right now. But they're oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. That's where I'm from. Yeah. So, um, they're moving to Colorado near Colorado Springs because her my ex's brother lives there. So she wants to be more closer to family. So they're leaving. They'll be out there end of this month, and then I go from uh, here to uh, Colorado Springs area, and I, I pick them up at the end of the month. So and
0: how I'll how have them for that? the summer. How are you doing custody now?
1: So during the school year my uh, ex has them it's just easier that way i think i i think you know in, if i look at it i think the, the my daughter should be with her mother you know what i mean like i get it on the father but i think the kids should be with their mother and that's what we that's kind of what we agreed on so they get them during the school year and i get them on like all the breaks like um thanksgiving christmas and then spring and then, uh, and then summer break so we it's kind of split in half to be honest with you i think 50 50.
0: And you're getting them for the whole summer yeah we're getting them for the whole
1: summer and then um and then right before school starts i'll drive them back and then they'll, they'll start school
0: what if, what if school never starts back
1: up that's what i'm saying they might just do online they could probably stay a little longer with me yeah so that'd be pretty
0: cool that'd be fun so you're how are they again i should have remembered this i don't have notes i don't have a place to write oh, my notes today uh, 12
1: and, and six and then my uh, my 12 year old she's gonna be 13 in July so that's another milestone yeah uh, so you starting to prep for college uh yeah Re- no, can you pass not really G- but you- kind of it's a slow go but you can pass I, your GI I, I kinda, you. I, yeah so like I got 100% dis- uh, disability through the VA and um, I think I can send them through my benefits, uh they'll they'll call it be paid for. So that's another perk of you know being like retired and being broken. So but <laughs> <laughs> uh, was that a battle injury? No, it's just I think what like everything they do is like they take um, they go you once you retire they, they you get a physical and they go from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet, everything that you um, have, have like one. And they go through all your records and stuff that you've been seen for so it's mostly uh i got a lot of back like lower back uh shoulders my neck i uh, get numbness so it's like just nerve damage and stuff like that
0: yeah you guys get the snuff beat out of you yeah i feel I mean, like that's a pretty common story yeah you guys have been like there I can for still a while like
1: function day to day but it's after that day it's like i feel every bit of that uh yeah you know
0: I get it. What are you okay. poking at?
1: Sorry just I was trying to get stuff off my screen.
0: Uh, you distracted me with your finger poking me in the <laughs> face. But I have Where to go going with
1: I'm that. I'm moving right now. Is it OK if I'm on the move doing this?
0: I had a follow up question. You just distracted me. That <laughs> All right. So remarried. Yep, remarried. Uh, just had a kid. How? Old, Fifteen months? Did you say? Uh,
1: he'll be uh, what's May. He'll be seventeen months this month.
0: Okay, how's that going?
1: That's great. What's it like having? What's it like everywhere. having a toddler during COVID? Yeah, he's uh, he's at he's into everything. Uh, I can't even keep up with him half the time. Uh, That's good. Talking. He's he's trying to talk. He does a lot of the mimicking stuff to where he mimics and it's funny because he'll do like he'll blow on his food but um he likes to he just likes to follow you around like everywhere you go he follows you he's uh into everything he's into chords like he loves playing with chords he loves singing he loves dancing so all these things he just loves doing and it's just we'll put he'll sit there he's like 17 months and he sits and he watches movies for like an hour. Like it's, it's the weirdest thing that what he does. So, uh, and it's just, it's cool to see him yep. grow. And it's like, sometimes I'll go away for like, um, for like a weekend and I'll come back and it will feel like uh, he's uh, I like, like he's like a different person. Like he just right. looks different.
0: I don't know. It's just like, it's great to watch him oh, grow. Thank you. Thank you. They they grow fast, so I take it uh, when you were uh, in the military, you weren't there. Um,
1: so I for my uh, my oldest daughter, I was kind of like I was kind of there for her like for the first like three years of her life because I was an uh, instructor at the um, at our uh, noncommissioned officers academy. So I saw her a lot, but then when I started like deploying, um, once I got done with that job. Uh, I would do six months at a time and come back and just kind of as I was gone it was it got a lot harder uh, with my second daughter because so my second daughter was born I was um, I was I deployed to Ukraine so she was born in January I left in Ukraine I think in March or April I think it was and I was gone for another six months so when I came back she so it took her like a couple of days for her to even like remember who I was so yeah it was like
0: weird uh, any advice for military dads in on that um i, like. I
1: would just say like I- have a good uh like have a good support system like have a good like like friends and families you can trust and that can be there for like your wife while you're not there and um and then while you're deployed, just have like those special little things like that you do. Like try to like, I mean, as much as you can or your, you know, your situation is just be there for them as much as you can. And uh, like call them every once in a while or send them letters, like little things like that would go a long way.
0: Can, can you do this kind of stuff while you're overseas?
1: Um, Yeah, depending on where you're
0: at. They, video chat. Like,
1: uh, they have an NWR. It's like the morale welfare people. and um, And they have like, you'll have telephones, video chat, set up computers and stuff like that. So it just depends on where you're at.
0: Okay, and that would help a lot. Help you could have that oh, yeah. face action. Where are you going? Here you and go. You're back. Okay. Where you going?
1: So, so they have a lot of things. They have like mail system is good. So if you want to order stuff and send them, then everything's there for you. to Set up.
0: All right. So tell everyone about uh, what's this global tactical? I can't quite remember what's the name. Oh, uh, uh, so
1: called uh, Fieldcraft Survival, and we we have, we're we're uh, a we're a preparedness company. Um, we educate, uh, you know, educate people on just being prepared, like having, um, just for example, like a med kit in your car or a tourniquet on you, just in case you know someone does get injured, something like that. Just a simple uh, thing like that. Uh, uh, we we sell we sell different products uh, for like mobility training, uh, and then we also provide training for uh, like law enforcement, military. We do open enrollment training for uh, rifles, uh, pistols. We also do a long range uh, training, like like a rifle, like long gun training. So we do got a lot of training, and then we got a lot of products, and then we also have a. Uh,
0: is that, that normally in your town, or do you guys travel to do that? We
1: travel, yeah. We travel all over, East Coast, West Coast, um, and then uh, we have a like our pod. We have a podcast that we have different guests on, different topics, and then we do a um, we have a YouTube channel with different uh, topics on any, anything from cooking food to uh, doing a, a bug out and how to pack your uh, your bug out bag and equipment that you need for that.
0: Ooh, what's in there?
1: Uh, so you, know, you get the staples of preparedness. You, know, you got medical, you got food, shelter, and then like uh, something to start a fire, and then something to uh, gather water. So you put all those things in inside of that, and, and so as long as you have all those things covered, you should be able to survive for you know depending on how many uh, days you uh, you plan for. So we usually you should usually we usually say have a have a, a supply of seventy two hours and Per person, be able to like sustain yourself once that is up.
0: You could be the, like that. Nah. Now, you recommend it, like per person, or do you recommend that for like an entire family? I would say
1: <laughs> bug out bag with like you know uh, their own little thing in there, like just something, to fire, something to get water, and then um, then you should have like a I think a bigger cachet of like. Food, water for everybody. So, um, so you have enough if you're going to bug out. So, if you're bugging out in a vehicle, you know, you're going to make sure you set your vehicle up for bugging out, like where you put your stuff at. Or- organization is key, knowing where everything is at, and then streamlining everything. So, make sure that you just bring the necessities you need so you're not uh, carrying all this weight.
0: And that's what we call a hard stop because George Bell with Fieldcraft Survival. I uh, love him, like him, uh, he decided to drive around during the end of this podcast so we, we, we had to do a lot of deletes and uh, we lost him at a certain point. You can also hear my kids screaming in the background if you listen real close. But uh, listen, George gets to all day, every day play with guns and, and, and come up with training and survival and all that fun, cool stuff we all wish we could do. So check him out, Fieldcraft Survival. Uh, Good having them on. Good talking to a military dad, a divorced dad, a dad uh, dealing with custody situations. Uh, hey, we need dads for our podcast. So reach out to us. You can DM us or email us anyway. Uh, obviously, you're, you're listening to this, so you found us one way or the other. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, however, uh, just reach out to us. You can always email me at Townsend at TownsendRussell dot com. Go through the website, 100 Dad dot com or 100 Dad dot com. Uh, it all goes to the same place, but uh, we want to get as many dad perspectives as possible uh, and see both the good and the bad because uh, it's out there, and we want to we want to talk to real dads about real things. So. Uh, If you're a dad who's willing to speak about it and and put it out there, hit us up. Let's make it happen.